Golf and rock and roll. Not logical, but it is fascinating. Playing down that big old fairway. Don't want no hackers to get in my way. The boys and me got a big NASA going. We were born to drive. It's the Golf Insiders, giving you the inside scoop on all things golf. Now, here are your Golf Insiders on 740 The Game. Hello, Orlando. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house. Your host, Holly G, along with the best-looking caddy on the planet. All sunburned and toasty, Rich B. She's hitting on me, Rich. Rich, she's hitting on me. I know, I'm having, I'm having a really weak moment. Dude. Rich Walsh. <laughs> Rich B. Hey, you know, I was watching Golf Channel, and uh, you're nobody in the golf if you don't have wine. Wine? A wine label. David Frost, Ernie Els, Luke Donald, Jack Nicholas, Christy Kerr has their own wine. And Annika as well. You know what? I'm going to start my own wine. You wine. I already do. That was so that was such that was such a softball. Oh my god. <laughs> so we are in full swing of the FedEx Cup. Rich B. Adam Scott on the top of the leaderboard Sunday. First in the clubhouse, and he's got the big trophy to start it all off. What great tournament on Sunday, Rich B. A lot going on. Phil, Phil Mickelson vaulting up 30 spots on the leaderboard. Yeah, from the back of the field. He made a nice charge there on Sunday. He sure did. And, uh, I mean, hey, we can go down the leaderboard here. I mean, you had, of course, Justin Rose, who... Uh, oh, he had a three three putt on eighteen. I've that, got a bone to pick here. All right, now, go. You know, we've got Tiger TV in full swing here. I mean, just watching every move he's making, it was like drama. Here's Justin uh, Rose moving up the leaderboard. You didn't even see him. They didn't show much of Justin. I agree. Unfortunately, but what they did U.S. Show, Open champ. Come on. What they did show was the beautiful scenery. Wow, was that spectacular watching that? It was awesome. Jersey City. Huh? Lady Liberty in full bloom out there. That was that was a very very beautiful golf tournament, I have to say. I'll tell you what, and another little shout out to Golf Channel. They did a a great little piece on Morning Drive with Graham McDowell coming across on the ferry to uh to the practice round, I believe it was on Wednesday morning. Did he have his bag over his shoulder? <laughs> yeah. That'd be cool. Well, I, I did hear he did a little stint um, down Wall Street or something. Or, uh, I, I, oh, yeah. Banging balls in, off in, the walls in, down there. Cool. In, in New York City on Tuesday. But, yeah, it was a great little piece, and they did the interview right on the ferry boat. And uh, just just a, a, you know, a fun, fun location, and the, the course was gorgeous. But, hey, uh, a moment I think everybody sort of uh, – Swallowed hard when Tiger went down on his knees on 13. I mean, I don't you know, care who you are. That was just, that was tough to watch. No, there was somebody out there with a voodoo doll sticking a pin in his back. You know, there's a lot of people that don't really like him, but he is a great athlete. Come on, you have to admit it. Great I mean, athlete. How many guys more, could, finish, could finish the tournament? Not only finish the tournament, 
you know, he misses putt on 18 by a roll. You know, uh, and my other thing was. To tie it up and go into playoffs. You know, how many of those has he made, though? You know, he, you know, he left that one on the lip. So, you know, it's just funny how it's turning for Tiger right now. Uh, great golf. Yeah, it was beautiful to watch. A spectacular event. Hey, Rich B., we got a big announcement. Whoa. Big. Huge. Big, big, big. Where's where's our where's Drum our roll, audience please. applause there behind the glass there, Rich? <laughs> Come on, you newsy. Come on. <laughs> A little louder. Come on, this is big. So, Rich be in honor of the playoffs and this season ending. The golf insiders having a little contest of our own here. Courtesy of Hammock Beach Resort, which I know you know over uh, on the right coast. In yep. Palm Coast. There we go. Palm Coast. Beautiful Palm Coast. That just reopened its conservatory course. And we are going to be giving a lucky listener a chance to win the conservatory golf package. <laughs> Value of $650, Rich B. This package includes two nights accommodations in a one-bedroom ocean view suite. One round of golf for two people on the newly renovated conservatory course. And if you haven't been up to Hammock Beach Resort, it's, I mean, you can go there for a day and a night and you feel like you've been away for a week. Pretty good. Absolutely fabulous. Now, wait, how do you find out about this? You go to our website, thegolfinsiders.com, click on events, and you'll see right there the stay and play giveaway Register. All we need is your name and email address, and then we are going to be announcing the winner live on the Golf Insider Show on September 25th. So you've got about a month to register, tell your friends. But what a nice little deal, uh, courtesy of Hammock Beach Resort, our uh, season finale giveaway. Uh, stay and play package, a chance to spend two nights in an ocean view suite. Sweet, and a sweet golf course to play, and it is uh, kind of nice up there in Palm Coast. Very nice. So we'll Beautiful be, Palm we'll Coast. We'll be talking about this. Go to thegolfinsiders.com, register to win, and uh, hey, and to play a great golf course. It's been, uh, they've been doing a little rehab on the course, and it's reopening, and we're, uh, we're giving away this package. So sign up and tell your friends. Oh, yeah, and like us on Facebook. And like us on Facebook. Please don't write anything mean. Especially be, about Rich B. Yeah. He's so sensitive. And try not to poke. <laughs> try not to poke Holly. Oh, oh, <laughs> ka-ching, ka-ching. All right, Rich B. So what else? Did you play any golf this weekend before we uh, go to break? Anything? Yes. Uh, you know, I, I was in uh, total breakdown mode with my golf game, and uh, I figured out how to find your golf game. Well, I played out at Eagle Dunes. I want to give a shout-out to the uh, pro out there. Sean Holmes, who always takes such good care of me when I come out there to play. Some of the best greens in the area, i got to say, Rich Eagle B. Eagle Dunes. Eagle Dunes out in beautiful Lake County. Okay, so you're supposed to ask me, now how did I find my golf game? How did you find your golf game? I was on the practice range for the last few days. I know, because uh, you were not in a good mood oh, man, last was week. Oh, man, horrible. I was just so bad. I was in such a miserable Hey, listen, you want to find your golf game? Practice. You need to call Dr. Bob. You need practice. a session. You need to get on the couch. You need to practice on the range. You've been grumpy and growling about your game I'm good all now. season. I am good now. All right, well, we, we hope to see some, some good golf going on. <laughs>
Uh, but anyway, we've got a big lineup tonight as we uh, we look at the FedEx playoffs and what's coming up with the Deutsche Bank next in Boston, Beantown, a place you and I have spent a lot of time. And um, we're going to go to Bob Herrick from ESPN.com, who is live in the press room to uh, get his take on what happened over the weekend and uh, how it looks for the next hundred to make the cut in the FedEx playoff. We've got lots more golf talk coming up. Stay with us. The Golf Insider 740, the game. Stay with us. Quite an impact, actually, uh, when he sank that three iron and hit me in the back of the head. I can't believe I'm into this. I really hate to lose. Asking forgiveness. Got the struggler's blues. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4. A beautiful toasty day in Florida. Here Rich we are B and Holly Channel, G. The Clear Channel Castle. In the igloo. Nice. Beautiful day. So, Rich B, um, yeah, there, there, were, there, were some, there was some struggling out there as uh, a few of these guys were jockeying to get inside that 100, uh, including Mr. Stuart Appleby, who was 123 going into the rankings last week and just made it under the wire at 96. And uh, a couple others who were kind of going the other way, Bo Van Pelt and Justin Leonard, who were at 90 and 91, almost didn't make the bubble. Finishing at 98 and 99. And Camillo Vajegas. Put together a few good rounds. <laughs> Haven't heard much from Camillo uh, lately. Um, but uh, so there were some surprises. Jeff Ogilvy doesn't out. make it. He's Jeff out. Ogilvy, what's going on with his game? Yeah, what has happened? Uh, you know, he's probably enjoying his life. Well, we're going to go to... A man who is our main man every week, and he's live at the press center at the Deutsche Bank in Boston. Bob Herrig from ESPN.com to break it all down for us and try to make some sense. Bob Herrig. Hey, Bob. Hey, guys. How's it going? Going well. So um, first, just your thoughts on the tournament. Uh, Great win for Adam Scott. This has got to be a big boost for him going in, even though... Yeah, you might say he he kind of slipped under under uh, the radar a little bit as he, but he got it in the house first. He dodged a lot of bullets, uh, a lot of guys out there that could have made a run including, you know, Justin Rose and of course Tiger even despite the back spasm, you know, just missing the 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 putt on 18 by a by a roll really to to tie it up and go into a playoff, but give us give us your overall thoughts. I thought it was a great Sunday. It was. It was, um, you know, kind of the, you know, the the benefit of having the FedEx Cup. Actually, uh, we probably wouldn't be talking about it otherwise. You know, you had Tiger, Phil, Adam Scott, Justin Rose, um, all in the mix. Matt Kuchar started the day in the lead, had a tough Sunday. Uh, Gary Woodland, you know, is, who just won recently in Reno. It was a uh, it was a really compelling tournament with a lot of storylines and. As you said, you know, Adam posted the number and nobody was able to match it. A bit of a stunner how, how Justin Rose finished. Uh, I think overshadowed because of uh, 
the fact, you know, all that was going on with Tiger. But, I mean, Justin Rose has, has a chance to win the tournament with the birdie, you know, has a 25-footer or so, which, you know, I, I wouldn't say is, is uh, you, you expect him to make it, but he can. And then he runs it by and misses the putt coming back. So uh, it, was a, it was a very, uh, you know, a lot, of, a lot of things going on. And as far as Adam Scott is concerned, it's, you know, it moved him to number two in the world and, and actually gives himself a, a really good chance now to be the PGA Tours Player of the Year. Uh, another guy who was in the mix was Kevin Chappell, who had a two-shot lead through 10, but imploded on the back, going seven over for 76 to fall, I think, for a tie for 15th. So a disappointing finish for him. Yeah, you know, I, again, I think it, um, it just points out how hard it is to do this. Uh, uh, you know, he looked pretty good there with eight holes to go. Uh, and there was a good little stat about nobody's ever won their first tour event playing with Tiger in the final round. Uh, now, whether or not that had anything to do with it, uh, he seemed to be pretty good through 10 holes. I mean, he might have he might have had those issues coming in no matter who he was playing with, but it is, it is telling that it's not that easy to play with Tiger, uh, especially with what he had going on. And, uh, you know, he's, Chappell's a very, very good player. He had a really good tournament at the Memorial earlier this year. Uh, just not that easy to break through, especially with all those great players up there. You mentioned Justin Rose's play being a little bit overshadowed by what was going on with Tiger. And, of course, it was uh, the shot on 13 in which he had the back spasm and, you know, fell to the ground on his knees. And Rich was mentioning this earlier. Uh, of course, it was riveting the rest of the way. Um, you know, no doubt that they, they covered as much as possible. It was, you know, I, I, I guess, you know, you're like watching for a, for a car wreck at, at, the, at the Indy, you know, every time you went to take another swing, especially on the tee. But, you know, again, just, you know, he's in such another league to be able to finish out the tournament and coming so close to getting in a playoff and possibly winning the thing. Right. I mean, you know, you're hearing now, well, how does he hit a 300-yard drive and his back is killing him? Well, you know, I, I, I'm guessing he didn't talk about it and give a whole lot of detail, but uh, I'm guessing that there were times when he felt just fine. Uh, in fact, he seemed to feel fine most of the final round until the 12th hole uh, and uh, then clearly was in some distress coming in. Uh, and, and, you know, he did get it together to make a, to make a fight of it there, but he also you know, bogeyed a par five uh, and, and also had another bogey. I believe he bogeyed the 14th hole, uh, then birdied 16 and 17 to give himself a chance. I mean, obviously, uh, uh, when, you, when you birdie a, or when you make a bogey on a, on a birdie hole, you know, there's two shots, and then he bogeyed the next hole. I mean, uh, he, he clearly would have liked to have played those those uh, those holes in at least two shots less, uh, and had he done that, you know, maybe he wins. So it's uh, a lot of ifs, of course, but it was a uh, you know it was a, an amazing amazing performance. And now now we wonder if he's going to make it this week. You know what's going to happen? It it appears he's going to give it a go. And you know, are these issues behind him? We we won't really know probably until until he talks if he talks on Thursday. Hey hey Bob, now uh, what do you uh, you know what? What do you feel he thinks about the Deutsche Bank golf tournament itself? I mean, does he play it very well? Does he love it? Does he like it? Uh, because he is a horse for a course, and uh, if he's if he's dialed in on a course he likes, you know, nobody's tougher to beat. 
Yeah, Tiger's actually played pretty well at TPC Boston. He's, he won there several years ago. Uh, in the last, um, I believe the last four times he, he's played, he's not been outside of the top 11. And as far as the tournament now, it, it benefits his charity. It benefits his foundation. So he, he likes the tournament. It's, uh, you know, the, the Tiger Woods Foundation is dear to him, and and uh, he missed he missed the AT&T tournament earlier this year that also benefits his foundation. You, you figure he doesn't want to miss another one. Uh, obviously, if he plays, there's the potential for more ticket sales, and that means more money. And also, he donates his prize money from these events to, to his charity, and that's, that's nothing to, uh, you know, to, to scoff at either. I mean, that's, that's been a lot of money over the years, so... Um, I, I, I think that he likes the tournament a lot uh, for, for personal reasons, and I think he's fared pretty well on the golf course. So all of it adds up to uh, you know, a decent, a decent uh, opportunity for him if he's healthy. I'm sure Tiger's camp is keeping very uh, closed lips about all this. Have you been able to get anything you know, more about what this back situation is? Is this something from time to time he's having some problems with, you know, uh, I think anybody that's dealt with a back spasm, it can kind of come out of nowhere. Is this something that, you know, has been kind of a pesky thing? What's going on? Yeah, and that's the thing is there's been no information. There's been no no definitive word on what's going on. I mean, I think some of the questions that you'd like to ask are, did he have an X-ray or an MRI? Uh, is this chronic or is just is this just something that he's going through? Um you know, these are, I think these are all fair questions to ask. And, and uh, you know, did he see a doctor or any kind of medical personnel this week, uh, uh, you know, other than a therapist? Uh, you know, I, I think these are fair questions, and whether or not they answer those questions remains to be seen. Um, you know, uh, if it's no big deal, you hope that they say so. And if it is a big deal, they should say so. You know, what's... Uh, I'm not quite sure what the secret is or, or what what uh, purpose it serves to, to not let on what the injury is. Uh, you know, it's not like uh, a hockey player when they say a, an upper body injury. I mean, you know, there's nobody can go after them. So it's um, it's always puzzled me a little bit why they're so, so secretive about this. I mean, I know Tiger doesn't want to make excuses. I, I think that's part of it. But yet we all clearly saw what happened. Uh, it's not like, you know, like he's making it up after the fact. It, there was clearly an issue. There was an issue going back to the PGA Championship, frankly. You know, he seemed to be fighting some lower back problems in the final round. So, hey, you know, it would be good if, if they would would, would uh, disclose what's going on and then we'll, we'll have a better idea. But who knows if that information is going to be forthcoming. We're talking to Bob Herrig live from the Deutsche Bank in Boston. Rich? You know, that's going to change the Vegas odds. You know, as soon as they let out any kind of information like that, if he's got any potential yeah. or possible win, you know, that's going to slant the odds. Well, and I think the mounting question, Bob, become about, you know, Tiger's health. I mean, in terms of the future of his breaking Jack's record in the majors, you know, these things start to, you know, get people buzzing because clearly, uh, you know, Tiger, as hard as he can hit the ball, as you know, amazing as he pulls off some of these Herculean shots, over time, you know, it, it, it hurts the body. And you see, you know, these issues he's had with his knee, his wrist, now his back. And I think, you know, those become lingering questions for the future. 
sure. Even even the biggest Tiger supporter has to admit that. I mean, there's, you know, these these things keep cropping up. I mean, he missed two tournaments earlier this year because of a elbow problem. Now that appears to have just been a, an issue, you know, one time issue. These things happen to golfers. You know, they get injured. Uh, obviously, back things are a little bit more worrisome. You know, uh, careers have been stalled or ended because of back problems. You know, it's some ironic. Uh, you know, he skipped today. He was supposed to play uh, in a charity event in Upper New York for Nota Begay. Uh, he has a foundation. And this would have been the third straight year Tiger played in that. And Tiger doesn't do a lot of that. You know, he doesn't really do a lot of charity outings. Obviously, Nota's a buddy of his going back to college. Nota Begay, who won four times on the PGA Tour, his career basically was stalled because of back issues. He could not get past it. And, uh, you know, I'm not in any way suggesting that's what's going on here with Tiger. But clearly, when, when the back is involved, you, you know, your eyebrows are raised. It, it's, it's a bit worrisome. And uh, now if it's just back spasms and he gets it worked on and he, and, he, and he gets treatment fine, I mean, in all honesty, it probably would be a lot better if he could just not play this week. You know, um, uh, you know, take there's no tournament next week. If you're able to take a good 10 days off without hitting a ball and putting yourself under that strain and then getting back into it, it would be so much better. Um, on the other hand, if he can get through this week, he'll then have another week off. Uh, actually, he could, he could easily go eight, eight, eight days or so without picking up a club before heading to the BMW Championship. So um, it's all very interesting. And, and, and you said in the big picture scheme of things, that's why it's such a big issue. You know, we, we're curious how Tiger's career is going to go and, and injuries have had a way of, uh, of getting in the way. Just a quick question before we let you go, Bob. Um, Is there any kind of buzz out there in the press room? Are are there some guys that are, you know, becoming kind of the leading horses as to, you know, who may end up with this tour championship? Uh, What what are your feelings on that? Well, it's still sort of a jockeying for position right now. Um, A lot can happen. Uh, There can still be a lot of movement. There's a hundred guys in the, in the field and, and obviously, you can go way down the list, and somebody down at the bottom wins, and he kind of puts himself right in the mix, uh, you know. And uh, the way the thing is set up is anybody who's in the top five heading to Atlanta uh, would win the FedEx Cup with a victory, and anybody who gets there has a mathematical chance. So, you know, it's it's a, the way they've got it. Uh, I, I hate to use the word contrived. It sort of is contrived. You can't put this thing away. You, it's not. It's not uh, foolproof. You know, you you could Adam Scott could win this week and he could win the next tournament. He's not assured of winning the FedEx Cup, and uh, that you know that has some negatives to it. But I also think it has some positives. It uh, it makes each of these tournaments compelling, and and you you still have to tune in to see what happens. And it gives us a lot more golf to talk about. Uh, for the rest of September. So uh, great, great stuff going to happen here in Boston this weekend as it pairs down to 70. And as always, Bob, we appreciate your time. Check out Bob Herrig, ESPN.com. Birdies and bogeys, great story on Tiger Woods and his uh, no-win scenario in terms of his season and whether or not he's going to be player of the year. Great story, Bob. We thank you for your time. 
We'll let you go back Thanks to work. And uh, you're listening to the Golf Insider 740 The Game. We've got much more coming up. Stay with us. You like us on Facebook. Harry, thanks a lot for all the security you provide for us. Well, it's my job to keep all those nuts away from you. That's just the way it is. Don't play in pebble, won't pay the price. I love my muni, I think it's nice. Just make hard. We're back, the Golf Insiders, taking you home on the fairways of I-4 in the house, Holly G, along with Rich B. And uh, big, big giveaway going on, Rich B, to celebrate I think the FedEx cool. Cup and the awesome. season playoff and the Tour Championship. It's our Golf Insider Stay and Play giveaway, courtesy of Hammock Beach Resort, giving one of our lucky listeners a chance to win a golf package valued at over six hundred fifty bucks, Richby. Hey, not only are we giving good information, we're giving premium, good stuff. premium good stuff. giveaway here. So get this: the package includes two nights accommodation in a one-bedroom, ooh la la, ocean view suite, and one round of golf for two people on the newly renovated conservatory course. Which, as you know, Rich, they have the ocean course. Beautiful, beautiful. Conservatory has been under a little renovation. It's reopening. And uh, what a great giveaway for our listeners. So go online to the Golf Insiders with an S, thegolfinsiders.com. Click on events and you'll see it right there. Register to win. And we will be announcing the winner live on the Golf Insiders show on Wednesday, September 25th. So go tell your friends. Tell your honey, enter to win this great package. Thanks to Hammock Beach Resort. And uh, Rich B, we're going to go to another one of our golf insiders who uh, we talked to last week a little bit, who had just come back from the Solheim Cup. We're going to get his thoughts both on the FedEx Cup as well as uh, there's still a bit of buzz going on about Solheim and some of the things that happened out there. And he is uh, one of our... Insiders from Global Golf Post, who you know we love Global Golf Post, Steve Eubanks. Hey, Steve. Hi, Holly. How are you? Great. I know you're uh, working uh, double duty. We appreciate you spending a few minutes with us tonight. No problem. Thanks for having me. So first, uh, your thoughts on uh, the win over the weekend, Adam Scott, and um, you know how uh, this week's going to shape up at Deutsche Bank in Boston. Well, you know, I mean, obviously he's played well all year. I mean, with with uh, with a very few exceptions, uh, Adam has been uh, somewhere near the top of the leaderboard uh, throughout the course of the of, of the summer, and and uh, and now as we sort of sort of get into the fall, um, he, you know, you've got to say with uh, with where he is, he is making a a big run at Player of the Year. Certainly, I think Tiger Woods would be. Uh, would stand up and say, "Whoa, wait a minute! Uh, five, five wins beats uh, beats two in a major." But uh, but I don't know about that. I mean, uh, you know, if you if you have major championships as your benchmark, then a major championship, a win, uh, two other top fives in majors, that's a pretty good record. And uh, I would I would say that as of right now, he is uh, he's certainly uh, put uh, certainly leading the pack in terms of the person that is going to challenge Tiger for Player of the Year. All right, I got one for you now. 
Adam Scott has uh, directly copied, let's say, Tiger's old swing. And, you know, I wonder if that swing would uh, be w- working pretty well for Tiger right now because obviously it looks like his back ain't working out so so well with this new swing he's got going. And, uh, you know, in the long term, I don't know if this swing is going to be for him. Uh, you know, it's kind yeah, of off the yeah. wall, but. It's interesting that you say that because you're right. I mean, if you looked at at, at Adam's swing now uh, and you looked at Tiger's swing when he was the most dominant player perhaps in the history of our game, uh, it's very difficult to tell them apart. Now, I did speak with Butch Harmon about that, and I said, wow, you know, you, you, you kind of gave Adam uh, Tiger's swing. He said, no, 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 when he, when he arrived at UNLV, he had that swing. And uh, I just happened to say, hey, I've seen that one before. But um, it, so for those um, – for those who don't know, I mean, that swing will hold up under pressure, and it will hold up for a long, long period of time. Uh, the one Tiger's working with right now uh, it is violent, and I'm really surprised that his back has lasted as long as it has. You know, that's going to be, in the long term, that's going to be, uh, that's going to be trouble for him because what happens now is he's already tweaked his back, so now he's thinking, you know, when he's hitting that full driver, that uh, I, mean, I might have to protect it because I can kind of feel my back, you know, going, and then you start making block shots, and it, the ball just goes everywhere. But, uh, you know, unfortunately for Tiger, you know, these are the injuries that happen with the repetitive motion injuries. Yeah, it, it, these are repetitive motion uh, injuries that he's got, and you, when it, whether it's knees or backs or, sh- you know, shoulder, rotator cuff, um, he is at an age now where those things are going to start bothering him. And with the swing being what it is, as fast as it is, as hard as he goes after these shots, um, you've just got to say, how long can this last? Well, switching gears, uh, because there was also some amazing uh, news this past weekend in women's golf with Lydia Ko, the amateur, teenage amateur, winning for the second time the Canadian Women's Open she became the youngest woman to ever win on the LPGA by winning the event last year, and she repeats. I mean, this is an amazing feat, Steve. It's, it's an amazing feat and an amazing talent, and, you know, you just hope that she's able to, to keep some measure of innocence. I remember speaking to her at Sabonic at the U.S. Women's Open this year, and, and, and she was just delightful to be around. I mean, she doesn't drive. Um, you know, she said, oh, gosh, no, I'm a terrible driver. And, and you know, when you, when you talk to her, she sounds like your typical 16-year-old. She's worried about the new photography class that she's taking in high school. So, uh, you know, you have to ask yourself, wow, how can we protect this? You almost want to put her in a bubble and just say, okay, don't, nobody can penetrate this um, until she's on the golf course. Uh, she's great inside the ropes. I just hope that, that uh, somehow we don't spoil it outside the ropes. And of course, um, she's you know can't accept the prize money because she is an amateur. And from what uh, I've read, she has full intentions of of you know going through high school and college. Correct? That is her intention right now. I mean, uh, you know, I'm wondering if uh, once she gets a little closer to you know 17, 18, if if that doesn't change. I mean, uh, Holly, you remember when you were 16, you changed your mind from week to week. I know I did. Absolutely. Uh, so, Still changing so my mind to, week to week. <laughs> so minute I to have minute. to believe that that's going to that's gonna be the case. But uh, I'd be going for the MBA in LPGA pretty quick and uh, jumping, jumping on that tour as soon as I graduated from high school. That's for sure. Absolutely. I, I, would, I would say that 
Uh, you, you know, no matter what she says now, I would I would take it with a grain of salt because things are likely to change in the course of the next year. Well, a lot of great stuff, you know, stories with the LPGA, of course, the MB Park having six victories on the LPGA Tour. And, of course, coming out the Solheim Cup, some, you know, some great play we saw again from some of those players, Caroline Headwall, uh, Kareen Eicher, uh, another good uh, week for Suzanne Pedersen, as well as Paula Creamer. But uh, just we've only got a couple of minutes left. Your thoughts on, on kind of the overall um, finish with, with the Solheim Cup. A lot of, lot of comments out there since over the last two weeks about the debacle with the rules and just, you know, how the L- some of the American players carried themselves walking off the green. You know, some black eyes to the Solheim Cup. Where, where do you see things uh, in, in terms of that moving forward? You know, I don't think it's a black eye for the Solheim Cup overall because the attendance was at 110,000, which, you know, rivaled what we saw in Chicago for the Ryder Cup, and, and the enthusiasm was over the top. I will say that, that the behavior of some of the American players uh, lacked a lot to be desired, and I think that will change in coming years. Um, and I also think that the LPGA, trust me, they are meeting about these rules problems, and if nothing else, those rulings will come faster. Well, they better. And I think it just shows that everybody needs to know the rules. Uh, Even those officials out there on the LPGA Tour, they got to send them back for uh, a few videos, I think. And I know, Rich B., it's one of your beefs all the time. So, But, uh, Steve, as always, we appreciate your time. And uh, you can check Steve Eubanks out, Global Golf Post. One of our favorite e-zines. You can get it every Monday delivered to your email box, globalgolfpost.com. Thanks so much, Steve. Thanks, Holly. You're listening to the Golf Insiders, 740 The Game. We've got Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel coming up. Stay with us. Well, I don't want to take all the credit for their talent, but uh, first I had to teach them to play golf. Then I had to teach them to sing, and then I taught them to play various instruments, none of which they do very well. I want my dream. Yeah, yeah, really. We're back. The Golf Insiders taking you home on the fairways of I-4, wrapping up an hour of intelligent golf talk. Denture shining bright, Rich B. I could listen to the lyrics of this. This reminds me of you, dude. How many more weeks do we have left in the golf season before? It's almost over, really. I mean, uh, it starts in January. You're you're going to go there? My buzz Mr. Kill? Doggy Downer, come on! Buzzkill now, big buzzkill. Well, it starts in July, uh, January. But you and, can't uh, take the buzz out of this guy. Our next golf insider, oh, the best dressed guy, in one golf of our favorites. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't even need caffeine, no matter what time of day it is. It's the one, the only Todd Lewis from the Golf Channel. Hey guys, I think you have me confused, Michael. Please say that again. I think you have me confused with Michael Breed as far as caffeine goes. Ah, that wow. could be. <laughs> that guy is a little amped up. <laughs> yeah, no <laughs> doubt, no doubt. So, you up there in Beantown? I am. Just uh, left the course, TPC Boston, uh, just outside of Boston, just north, actually. Have a cool uh, Sam Adams yet? Uh, have not. Actually, I think back. I did have one last night. Went to Fenway Park and watched the Red Sox play. Oh, nice. nice. Took my wife and had to... Um, and struck on some of the finer points of, of Major League Baseball. But that's okay. It was great. It's a night. It's a study. So, it's fun. All right. So, um, 
All right. What's what's to you the big story that came out of this past Sunday, Todd? Of course, Adam Scott, this has to just, you know, give him a whole lot of momentum going into uh, this week. Of course, uh, you know, Tiger on his knees. We've been talking about that story. Um, personally, I thought Justin Rose not, you know, being able to make a playoff there on 18 was a big surprise. But uh, give us, um, you know, your impressions of Sunday. Well, I, I mean, all of those things that you mentioned are are great storylines coming um, up to Boston. But, I mean, I, two things. One, Tiger's back. Everybody's going to talk about that because he's number one in the FedEx Cup standings. And that's the big storyline heading into the Deutsche Bank Championship um, because of where he's positioned in the FedEx Cup playoffs. And secondly, he's the number one player in the world. And thirdly, we just don't know what's going on with his back. I mean, he says it's a problem with some betting. Um, Get out. uh, I'm not buying it. I don't know what's going on. So we'll find out. uh, Here's the deal. We're going to find out tomorrow morning. Thursday morning, Tiger Woods has a 6.50 a.m. pro-am tee time. Um, He can miss that due to a medical condition. In this case, I guess it would be his back. As long as he notifies the PGA Tour. Um, if he doesn't make that tee time and does not notify the PGA Tour that he is not eligible to compete this week at the Deutsche Bank Championship, so we're gonna we're gonna find out tomorrow morning what's the deal with his back and uh, and then go from there. He'll, I, I'm assuming he's going to talk to the media. We're gonna find out his condition, um, but he was not on the golf course here at TPC Boston on a Wednesday, so nothing to report at least from this part of the planet. Yeah, and also you know. Uh backed out of Nota Begay's big fundraising tournament, which I know, you know, they're very close, and uh, I'm sure, uh, you know, he did not do that without serious consideration. Right, right. And I, I will say this, the other storyline I think coming out of the Barclays is the fact that you had such powerful names on the leaderboard competing, um, and that says a lot about, in my opinion, how the FedEx Cup playoffs have grown. I mean, it's, it's something that's very important to these players now. Um, it's something that they don't think it's trivial as they did when it first came out in 2007. So I think that we're going to have great competition as we move forward to these next three events. Todd, were you up there in New York for the uh, uh, the Liberty uh, uh, or the first go-around here at the uh, FedEx Cup? Uh, I was are you, at, in 2009, are you asking? No, I mean, uh, last week, were you there? In, uh, uh, last week, I was not there. I took last week off. Uh, I'm doing the final three playoff events, playoff event, so I, I was not there. All right, so you did get to see it on TV, and how beautiful was it? Well, I have talked to people who've been there, and the vest, uh, the vistas are great. And, uh, you know, seeing the skyline, seeing Statue of Liberty is fantastic. I believe there's a pitch to possibly have a Ryder Cup or a President's Cup there down the road, which would be really, really cool considering the location of Liberty National um, and the attention it would garner from number one television market in the country. So uh, it, it definitely, I mean, it got some it got some negative reviews from players back in 2009 when it first came there because Liberty National is in the rotation for the Barclays. But they've done some tweaks. They did about 75 tweaks to that golf course, and virtually all of them were positive, and the players were raving about the golf course. So I think it's going to be a good step forward. It was a great, I guess, second entrance into the major golf world with Liberty National. Yeah, and I think, um, it, like you were saying, Todd, I mean, I think these guys, I think just as, as you could see the play on Sunday um, from, you know, Phil vaulting up from 30 spots back 
you saw the pressure really hit Kevin Chappell. I mean, his going seven over on the on the back nine. Uh, and then, you know, Justin, you know, missing, being a little too aggressive on 18 and three-putting, uh, missing that five-footer. I mean, you know, not that that's a gimme, but I, to me, you know, there's there's pressure going on here. And Matt Kuchar and Gary Woodland. Oh, man. And, you know, and those guys. I mean, this goes to what, what we say a lot when you're out here on the tour. It is very, very difficult, very, very difficult to play with the lead on the back nine on Sunday. I mean, there's a lot of weight you're carrying around, and you have to really be mentally strong to, to finish that back nine holding some championship hardware. I, I don't have any statistics, but if I was going to place a bet, I would bet you that the person who made the turn on the back nine with the lead more than 50% of the time did not finish with the lead. Uh, so it's really, really difficult to win out here on the PGA Tour when you have these great players and if we go down the FedEx Cup uh, standings right now, I mean, you know, as, <laughs> we could we could spend two hours going through the you know the talent and the players here. But since you were mentioning statistics, I want to get your thoughts on this whole conversation about Tiger and you know, uh, you know his his possibility or you know controversy about it him being Player of the Year, which I I think's you know just ridiculous. The guy's won five times, and looking at some of the numbers really just surprised me. He's only played ten times this year. Uh, well, uh, other than the four majors. So he's won 50% of the time. And he's done that 10 times in his career. Uh, I think it was Bill Haas that made a comment, you know, it's just ignorant that we're not celebrating what he's what he's done. Well, I, I you know, I guess winning, here's, here's the thing. I've had several PGA Tour players say this, that winning a major is equivalent to winning four PGA Tour events. So if you go by that theory, Tiger has won a major and another PGA Tour event because he's won five. Uh, that's the same, if you go by that theory only, that's the same that Phil Mickelson has done. That's the same that Adam Scott has done. So I don't think it's as easy as a layup as we think it is, as you're trying to pitch there. I think it's, it's much more difficult because, again, the pressure and, and handling and managing that pressure of winning a major championship is far more greater than it is at the Arnold Palmer Invitational, at the AT&T National, at Torrey Pines. It is far more greater, not to mention the density of the field. So I don't think it's that easy. Just because you say you win five PGA Tour, uh, you have five PGA Tour victories as opposed to a major championship and another victory. another. Victory. I mean, if Phil Mickelson and Adam Scott win one of these playoff events moving forward and, and Tiger doesn't, I think one of those two are going to be player of the year because they'll have – Two victories, one of them a playoff event, and one of them, a, excuse me, three victories, one of them a playoff event, and one of them a major championship. And I think that'll get them player of the year. You know, and that was my question. You know, if Tiger does win, that would answer all the questions uh, going forward. Uh, you know, and that, that's, uh, I think you're exactly right. If Phil or Adam wins, uh, you know, by the end of the year, uh, you know, I, I think, uh, or the, even the FedEx Cup itself, you know, that's uh, got a little cachet. Yeah, I agree. And, and, like, I don't want to take anything away from Tiger winning the players. That's a very difficult event to win. Um, and so that's obviously the crown jewel of his year so far. So but it'll be interesting because the players, again, vote on this. It's not media members. Right. And the ballots the ballots go out just a few hours after the FedEx Cup is handed out. So uh, a lot of us are interested to see who's going to be named player of the year. Yeah, I think. And what you, what you shared there was very, very revealing, especially um, – how the players measure up a major versus a, a PGA Tour event. 
Uh, all right, real quick, we're we're heading out of here, Todd. Who's your man on Sunday here at Deutsche Bank? I like where Phil was cooking on Sunday. I think Phil is going to be in the mix. Um, he's won here before at TBC Boston, so I, I would love to see Phil and Tiger in that final group, which happened in 2007. I, I'm picking Keegan because he's in his hometown backyard. Rich B? Coocher. All right, we're out of here. The Golf Insiders. Great golf this weekend. We'll be back next week, Wednesday. We love you. Bye-bye.